All right, live from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Glad you're in. Start of a new week, a busy week here on RAF. CPAC week. Yeah. Coming up, we'll be there on the ground. Trump rally, I believe, on Friday. Lots to do. We're off on Friday. No live from Studio 6B on Friday. We'll be covering the rally, covering CPAC. So busy week here on Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Rick Delgado's here. Going to be doing some news. How was your weekend? It was good. I actually got to wear my uh, my Costco shorts this weekend. It worked well. Your what? I-, I bought shorts at Costco. All right. Tonight's the last time you'd be seeing Rick Delgado on this show. Rick Amorati. <laughs> what? To go from uh, Costco shorts to the most well-dressed man I know. Oh. Quite the difference. Yeah, um, well, no, I love Costco, but I mean, I don't Me know too. if I'd buy shorts from there. Is all I'm saying. You know, you know what? I bought a pair of shorts. It was a. But if was I was as skinny deal. as you, you could you could wear anything. And then yeah. I got socks from Lowe's. I'm doing good. Inflation, man. Okay, um, Rick Amorati, how was your weekend? Great. Trust me, I was not shopping for apparel at Costco. <laughs> that I promise. Uh, how about hot dogs? Are you shopping no, for hot, hot dogs at Costco? <laughs> no, but That's I got to best. see that. I saw that new Elvis movie this weekend. Wow, it was fantastic, Big D. Really? I highly recommend it. Okay, I will absolutely not be seeing that, but I'm glad <laughs> that was good. You recommend it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, the Hosco, the Hosco, <laughs> the hot dog deal at Costco is the best deal around. It is. That is the best deal around, and no matter what inflation is, Costco says they'll never change the price. So there you go. And the churros. Yeah. Um, all right. So the president just spoke about the CIA drone strike. Operation change the subject has started. And um, let's hear the president's <laughs> remarks. She roll that. My fellow Americans, on Saturday, at my direction, the United States successfully concluded an airstrike in Kabul, Afghanistan, that killed the Emir of Al Qaeda, Iman al Zawiri. <laughs> you know, Zawiri was uh, bin Laden's leader. He was with him all the, the whole time. He was his number two man, his deputy at the time of terrorist attack 9-11. He was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11. One of the most responsible for the attacks that murdered 2,977 people on American soil. For decades, he was the mastermind behind attacks against Americans, including the bombing of the USS Cole in 2000, which killed 17 American sailors and wounded dozens more. He played a key role key role in the bombing of U.S. embassies in Kenya and Tanzania, killing 224 and wounding over 4,500 others. He carved a trail of murder and violence against American citizens, American service members, American diplomats, and American interests. And since the United States delivered justice to bin Laden 11 years ago, Zawahiri has been a leader of al-Qaeda, the leader. From hiding, he coordinated al-Qaeda's branches and all around the world, including setting priorities for providing operational guidance that called for and inspired attacks against U.S. targets. He made videos, including in recent weeks, calling for his followers to attack the United States and our allies. Now, justice has been delivered, and this terrorist leader is no more. People around the world no longer need to fear the vicious and determined killer. The United States continues to demonstrate our resolve and our capacity to defend the American people against those who seek to do us harm. You know, we, we, uh, we, we make it clear again tonight 
that no matter how long it takes, no matter where you hide, if you are a threat to our people, the United States will find you and take you out. After relentlessly seeking Zawahiri for years under Presidents Bush, Obama, and Trump, our intelligence community located Zawahiri earlier this year. He had moved to downtown Kabul to reunite with members of his immediate family. After carefully considering the clear and convincing evidence of his location, I authorized a precision strike that would remove him from the battlefield once and for all. This mission was carefully planned, rigorously minimized the risk of harm to other civilians. And one week ago, after being advised that the conditions were optimal, I gave the final approval to go get him. And the mission was a success. None of his family members were hurt, and there were no civilian casualties. I'm sharing this news with the American people now, after confirming the mission's total success through the painstaking work of our counterterrorism community and key allies and partners. My administration has kept congressional leaders informed as well. When I ended our military mission in Afghanistan almost a year ago, I made the decision that after 20 years of war, the United States no longer needed thousands of boots on the ground in Afghanistan to protect America from terrorists who seek to do us harm. And I made a promise to the American people that we continue to conduct effective counterterrorism operations in Afghanistan and beyond. We've done just that. In February, our forces conducted a daring mission in Syria that eliminated the Emir of ISIS. Last month, we took out another key ISIS leader. Now we have eliminated the Emir of Al-Qaeda. He will never again, never again, allow Afghanistan to become a terrorist safe haven because he is gone and we're going to make sure that nothing else happens. You know, it can't be a launching pad against the United States. We're going to see to it that won't happen. This operation is a clear demonstration that we will, we can, and we'll always make good on the solemn pledge. My administration will continue to vigilantly monitor and address threats from Al-Qaeda, no matter where they emanate from. As Commander-in-Chief, it is my solemn responsibility to make America safe in a dangerous world. The United States did not seek this war against terror. It came to us, and we answered with the same principles and resolve that have shaped us for generation upon generation to protect the innocent, defend liberty, and we keep the light of freedom burning, a beacon for the rest of the entire world, because this is a great and defining truth about our nation and our people. We do not break. We never give in. We never back down. Last year, on September 11th, I once more paid my respect to Ground Zero in New York City at that quiet field in Shanksville at the Pentagon and at the Pentagon standing in the memorial at Ground Zero, seeing the names of those who died forever etched in bronze is a powerful reminder of the sacred promise we made as a nation. We will never forget. The memorial also bears the quotation from Virgil. No day shall erase you from the memory of time. No day shall erase you from the memory of time. So we continue to mourn every innocent life that was stolen on 9-11 and honor their memories. To the families who lost fathers and mothers, husbands, wives, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, friends and co-workers on that searing September day, 
It's my hope that this decisive action will bring one more measure of closure. No day shall erase them from the memory of time. Today and every day. I'm so grateful for the superb patriots who serve the United States intelligence community and counterterrorism communities. They never forget. And those dedicated women and men who tirelessly work every single day to keep our country safe, to prevent future tragedies. It is thanks to their extraordinary persistence and skill that this operation was a success. They made us all safer. And to those around the world who continue to seek to harm the United States, hear me now. We will always remain vigilant, and we will act, and we will always do what is necessary to ensure the safety and security of Americans at home and around the globe. Today, we remember the lost. We commit ourselves to the safety of the living. And we pledge that we shall never waver from defending our nation and its people. Thank you all, and may God protect our troops and all those who serve in harm's way. We will never, we will never give up. Okay. A little bit of a strange ending there. I don't mm -hmm. know exactly who crafted this, but it is interesting to see, um, well, first of all, if everything he said is true, we should all be happy that this slime ball is dead. It's good. Yes. That's, that's a fact. If everything he said, that's true. A couple questions about why wait. It's, uh, this was a week ago. Why we find out about it now is one question would be interesting to know. Um, but uh, it's good to see that Joe Biden's really come around on these strikes because he was the one who um, was not for going after bin Laden, yep. if you remember, on 60 Minutes. He was also one of the first to come out and basically – make President Trump sound like he was going to start World War III, IV, V, and VI when he took out Soleimani. Uh, and the media, of course, played along with that as well. How many people, when, he, when Soleimani was taken out, Baghdadi was taken out, oh, ooh, I hope he's, this is a very dangerous game he's playing, President Trump. I hope he knows what he's doing. I hope he's listening to the generals. You know, I hope he's blah, blah, blah. Well, today the media is all, I mean, I don't hear any of those questions today. I don't hear any of those questions. And again, not to take away from the, the facts on the ground that if this guy's dead, good. It's better. The world's a better place with this guy dead. And good for our um, intelligence people who put this together. And if Joe Biden actually knew this was happening and said, yeah, go get him, okay, good for him then too. I would I'd debate that last part if he even knew. Um, yeah. That but it is interesting to just see the difference. Yeah, that that was my that was my whole. As soon as I saw this, I'm like, somebody else gave the go ahead. I don't think he I don't think he gave the go ahead. I think they maybe talked about it with him, and he probably just said, "You do you you do what you think you got to do, and let me know." I mean, he told us Afghan. Yeah. I mean, he told us Al Qaeda was gone in Afghanistan for a long time. Oh, I yeah. mean, what is this guy even doing there? And, and and he never wants to go after these guys. So the fact that he's trying to take credit now, saying I, I made the decision. Ah, you know what? Sure you did. We went from this with disastrous withdrawal when 13 uh, service members died to this precision um, takeout today. And of course, at the time that he was taking out the troops, Biden told us, well, what, what, what do we have? What business do we have there anymore? Al-Qaeda is not even there. That was one of the things he told us. Well, this guy was there. The number two was there. 
And again, I'm glad we found him, and I'm glad he's dead. Deader than Elvis, as I tweeted today, and I'm glad he's deader than Elvis. But there's just some weird things here. You know, and the double standard is just always laughable. When Soleimani was taken out, Joe Biden was one of the first people to attack, basically attack Trump on what he was doing. Made him, made him sound like he was going to start a world war. And others, too, played along. Today, now, it's, oh, oh, Operation Change the Subject has begun at the White House. Kind of convenient, huh? And the media's playing right along again. Oh, this is yep. a big win. Big yep. win for Joe Biden yes. today. Oh, it's this huge, it's a huge get. It's a huge get. Okay. Again, not to confuse the two, glad he's gone. Glad he's dead. Good job, intelligence communities of this country. And he's right about that, by the way. Most of the time, no matter how long it takes, we will find you. But um, to make this out that this is, I mean, let's have, some, let's have at least have some context around this before we all just start uh, crying over it, like the media is doing today. So, All right, live from Studio 6B, we'll get the guys involved here, talk a little bit more about this, lots of news, sports. What do we got today? Is this English? LOL of the day. Lots of good stuff coming up on a Monday. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Glad you're in. Uh, talked a little bit about this CIA drone strike. And, of course, Joe's a new outlook on all these things now. Because he's not starting World War III. We don't have to question whether he knows what he's doing, like he did with Trump and when he took out Soleimani. And... Well, okay. Yeah. Um, that, and he's not building a border wall, even though he's building a border wall. No, well, no, no, they're just trying to, they're not building a border wall. They're just, I think, Corinne, Corinne Jean-Pierre said they're just trying to save lives or something like that. So oh, you mean save Mark Kelly? Maybe that's what it is, yeah. Um, I want to wish my parents a happy 52nd wow. wedding anniversary today. Wow. 52nd wedding anniversary. 52 years. Congratulations. They had two good years before you were born. (laughs) (laughs) That was about all downhill from there, boys. All downhill from there. So happy anniversary to my parents today. Couldn't, uh, well, you were looking for an example of how um, how to do it. Be hard to find a better example. 52 years. Nice. And never in our... Well, all right, let's do sports and uh, <laughs> here with sports is Slick Rick. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D. A couple of early baseball scores underway. Cincinnati Reds up 2 nothing over the Marlins, bottom of the sixth. Mets lead the Nationals 4-1, to top of the fourth. Yankees up 5-1, to also top of the fourth over the Mariners. Diamondbacks and Guardians are tied at four, top of the fourth. Tigers over the Twins, one zip, top of the third. Red Sox and Astros, no score, top of the first. Orioles and Rangers just underway. Orioles lead one nothing early on. And Royals, White Sox, 0-0, no score, bottom first. And shooting over, well, we lost a big legend uh, yesterday. Uh, Bill Russell, the cornerstone of the Boston Celtics, 
Hendricks dynasty that won eight straight titles and 11 overall during his career, died Sunday. The Hall of Famer was 88. Russell died peacefully with his wife, Janine, at his side. The statement posted on social media read, arrangements for his memorial service will be announced soon, according to the statement. The statement did not give the cause of death, but Russell, who had been living in the Seattle area, was not well enough to present the NBA Finals MVP trophy in June because of a long illness. Over a 15-year period, beginning with his junior year at the University of San Francisco, Russell led the most remarkable career of any player in the history of team sports. At USF, he was a two-time All-America, won two straight NCAA championships, and led the team to 55 consecutive wins, and he won a gold medal at the 1956 Olympics. During his 13 years in Boston, he carried the Celtics to the NBA Finals 12 times out of 13 years, winning the championship 11 times. The last two titles won while as both a player and serving as the NBA's first black coach. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver called Russell the greatest champion in all of team sports in a statement on Sunday. Uh, he was a five-time MVP, obviously two-time Hall of Famer, not only as a player, but again in 2021 as a coach. So just an exceptional player, great man, you know, uh, great person for, for his, you know, obviously over the years he was a very big activist back in the 60s and 70s with Jim Brown and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He did a lot of good. So, uh, yeah, missing him, right? Big D, I know you were a Celtics. Uh, you went to a lot of Celtics games back in the day. I was a big Celtics fan. Um, I was a Celtics fan growing up, growing up in uh, probably the middle of the state, I'd say, in Connecticut. Used to go to Boston a lot. My dad was in the furniture business, actually had a um, one of his clients that he called on was right there outside the Boston Garden. And we'd go up there sometimes on a Wednesday, and the guy had seasons for the Celtics, and a lot of times he wasn't using them. We'd go to the games. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, his number six hung in the rafters forever, so he was just a fantastic player. I mean, I just can't imagine 11 championships. Tom Brady's got seven, and boy, we marvel at him, but 11 is just unbelievable. I don't think Brady's going to get 11, that's for sure, but you never know with him. And uh, Cheyenne Frontier Rodeo Day, Cheyenne, Wyoming, Frontier Park. These are all finals. Bareback, the great Tim O'Connell, 88 and a half points on Sankey Pro Rodeos, Phenom Genetics, Sozo, 8,800. 84-81, actually. Uh, Steve Wrestling, we got a tie. Trell Etbauer and Justin Schaffer, 5.4 seconds. They won 6,400 each. Uh, team Roping, Clay Tryon and Jade Corkle, 7.5 seconds. Saddle Bronx, Stetson Wright, another great cowboy. 88 points on Secchi Pro Rodeo and Phenom Genetics, Pendleton Roundups, Marquee. Big names. Tie down roping. We had a tie. Ryan Thibodeau and Corey Solomon, 10.3 seconds. Bow racing, Andrea Busby, 17.13. And bull riding, last but not least, Brady Portnair, 92.5 points on Stace Pro Rodeos. Let's gamble, 82.76. And uh, we'll have a report on that uh, QB, Cleveland QB, Deshaun Watson's uh, suspension. And uh, we got a lot of other stuff to go over, Big D. We'll get that a little bit later. I mean, that's a joke. A joke. I mean, that's Six. a joke. Joke compared to what you're Calvin Ridley was suspended the entire season, 17 games, for betting on a game that he wasn't even a part of. <laughs> he didn't even play in the game. He bet. They caught him making a wager on a game that he was not a part of. He got 17 games. This guy's got 30 women accused him of sexual misconduct. He got a six-game suspension and a record money deal from the Cleveland Browns. I mean... 
Yep. Social media blowing up about this. I saw it all. You think Ezekiel Elliott and Ben Roethlisberger each got six games, and they didn't even have a chargeable offense. It was just you know some some you know personnel misconduct, but nothing you know like that. An actual accusation like that. You know, crazy, crazy, absolutely crazy. All right, thanks, Slick Rick. We'll do some more sports. A lot of people like the color of your shirt. What is that? Is that what do you turquoise? Would you consider? Yeah, that? I would say turquoise. That's a good description. Yep, okay. nice turquoise, Caribbean blue. Yeah, very good. Uh, and all of you who are at the nice uh, <laughs> with the turquoise. nice uh, Caribbean blue. I it's like Caribbean blue. It's good, yeah. Of course. All of the nice comments about my parents' anniversary. Thank you very yeah. much. I'll pass them along. Yeah, I see some people. other people in there saying they're celebrating some coming up. 53, I think oh, I nice. saw. Wow. Somebody said they're celebrating maybe tomorrow. 71. 71. 71. Happy anniversary. Holy God bless I mean, America. at some point, you got to start getting your head. Well, no. That's fine. That's fine. 71 is good. God bless. I'm on 17. I could see making it to 71. Just reverse the numbers. You got 71. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. Sure, let's... And I'm sure they never had a fight. Never. No. All right. Never. Let's do some uh, uh, sports. was brought to you by our friends, by the way, My Pillow. More people finding out that I'm right about the best way to start your day is with the My Pillow coffee. My coffee at mystore.com. You can get, uh, it's like 18 bucks with our code, I think, LFS6B. And it wow. works at mystore.com and it works at mypillow.com. All right. Uh, news is brought to you by Seven Cells. Sevencells.com. Same thing, LFS6B, 10% off anything in the store. What's going on, Rick Delgado? Uh, right. Well, you can add Halloween and Christmas candy to your list of shortages this year, thanks to Joe Biden. But of uh. course, He'll probably end up uh, blaming Vladimir Putin for it. Hershey CEO Michelle Bunk, or Buck, warned that Halloween candy shortage is coming this fall. Uh, reporting out of Reuters said last week it would fall short. Uh, Hershey would fall short of meeting demand for all important Halloween and Christmas candy for the holiday seasons this year, bl- blaming a scarcity of raw ingredients and difficulties in securing suppliers. Pandemic-induced global supply chain disruptors and the Russia-Ukrainian war have crunched, get it? Supplies of coca, edible oil, and other food ingredients, pinching the production lines of packaged food companies around the world. Hershey's uh, chief executive officer also said that those issues, along with the company's focus on meeting demand during non-holiday periods, would lead to a likely shortage during Halloween, but added that sales will still top last year. So you look forward to that as the company is uh, looking to boost annual sales of kids' uh, favorites like Twizzlers, Jolly Ranchers, and Kit Kats. Interesting, right? Not really. But something we saw coming down the road. <laughs> you said it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, an, it's just another part of the, uh, the Joe Biden economy. And speaking of which, uh, Joe Manchin, your favorite uh, West oh. Virginia senator, well, <laughs> this guy is like uh... he is now disputing data showing social spending. His social spending bill would raise taxes on the middle class during a recession. So as the U.S. enters a recession following two quarters of negative growth, Joe Manchin is disputing data that shows his bill is going to raise taxes on the middle class in a tough economy. He said, well, we're going to have to dis- we-, we have to agree to disagree, he said. Uh, the committee's analysis said Manchin's bill, officially titled the Inflation Inflation Act, uh, would raise 2023 taxes on six of eight income taxes, income tax categories lower than two hundred thousand dollars. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into it, man. I got plenty to get into Manchin about taking it from him. He made the Sunday rounds on all the phony Sunday shows. We'll talk about that live from Studio 6B. We're back right after this.
countdown to the midterms begins at CPAC, Texas. Join President Trump, Sean Hannity, Steve Bannon, and a packed house of conservative all-stars. With your help, we will take back the House. We will win the Senate. A big red wave is coming. It all starts at CPAC, Texas. Fire Pelosi. Save America. And then a Republican president will return to the White House. Who, who, who will that be? The American Conservative Union is responsible for the content of this advertising. All right, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Man, lots to get to tonight. Could do three hours. Um, Just the News has a piece. You know, while we're, um, everybody's um, all up in arms about this drone strike, which again, good, good, glad the guy's dead. Biden's taking his victory lap, which is fine. But we all know Biden had zero, almost zero to do with it. If he even gave an okay, maybe that's about all he did. Um, and of course, Biden attacked Trump when he took out Soleimani. Everybody else did too. He was starting World War Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Trump was right away. But that's um, so. That's good that we took him out, and we're all going to focus on it today. But in the meantime, the idea that Joe Biden somehow has a handle on. Um, What's going on in the country and the threats to this country is, 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 is absurd. I mean, it's absurd. Just the News has a piece today. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but just again. Iran regime announces plans to construct nuclear warheads and destroy New York. Hello? Joe? Are you there? The Iran regime announces plans to construct nuclear warheads and destroy New York. Is that part of that new Iran deal they're working on? Nassar Kanani stated that Tehran would not rush into a quick nuclear deal with the West. The IRGC issued a threatening statement on its official telegram. Like threatening the Amer- threatening this administration is the new in thing to do. China's doing it now with videos. Yep. They're producing these high-quality videos of their army. Don't forget about us. Pelosi... Going to Taiwan, not going to Taiwan. Supposedly she's going to land there too tomorrow. We'll see. But now you have this too. The IRGC issued a threatening statement on its official telegram channels over the weekend stating that its goal was to develop atomic warheads and threaten to destroy New York. According to the official post, Iran, quote, can immediately return to the Ahmad project and build an atom bomb uh, if the facilities are attacked. According to media reports, the comments made by the Iran regime's parliamentary arm, the Revolutionary Guard, appeared on its linked media telegram channel with an accompanying video titled, When Will Iran's Sleeping Nuclear Warheads Awaken? This reminds me of what even is that Rick did a few weeks ago about a New York PSA. Mm Mm-hmm. In the short video, that's right, uh, Tehran declared that it could use its peaceful, <laughs> its peaceful nuclear program into a nuclear weapons program quickly if the United States or Israel made any careless mistakes. The video post further stated that Iran could, quote, pulverize New York and turn it into a hellish ruin. Well, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to beat the mayor to it if you're going to try to do that, because he's well on his way to doing that without you. And the last mayor before that. Yeah, Obviously, the people in Iran didn't see that video where if you just get inside of a building really quick, you should be okay. <laughs> right, Duh. true, true. 
The IRGC also boasted that nuclear facilities in places like Fordow are built deep under the mountains of Iran, protected against trench-busting bombs and atomic explosions. The IRGC-linked Bashimi Media Telegram channel said that while the Natanz facility in the Isafam province is vulnerable to an attack by Western and Israeli forces, other facilities can assume war footing and engage in rapid nuclear breakout projects. So again, the idea that Biden all of a sudden has his hands around and and has some, you know, there's multiple things to be dealing with around the world besides taking out um, one, one slime ball who he told us wasn't going to, wasn't in Iraq. So, well, gee, did you say Ed Henry's in the chat? He is. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he actually is uh, thinking about you now that you mentioned uh, New York getting annihilated. He said, big D has to move to Florida ASAP. Um, okay. I like that idea. I like that idea. Uh, big D's <laughs> thinking about getting out of New York. Big D and I but can play golf every day. Every says. day. I like that. But me, I've got kids in school. But while Ed's in the chat, you know, I've seen a lot of posting about the um, Ed and Karen have been posting a lot about the red phone. The OG phone right here. OG original yes. gangster. Original, original phone. The original right. phone. Oh, Nathan, I hear it's not the original from Ed. Really? Really? It's interesting. Yeah. Ed's been saying that their phone is the uh, original. A lot of people have been questioning it. Ed, so Ed, and, Ed has taken on, I give him credit, he has taken on a Joe Biden-esque campaign with the red phone. Say it enough <laughs> times, people will start to believe it. That's the White House's clear position. Right. That's Biden's position. That's clearly Corinne Jean-Pierre. It's her position because she's an idiot. So she's just got to say it over and over and over again. <laughs> so, um, gee, while Ed's in the chat, why don't, we, um, <laughs> why don't we pull up that clip I gave you? I have it. Ed said, he's, he said, he said he's got to go, though. I don't oh, care if he has to go to or away. not. I don't okay. care if he has to go or not. Pushing, <laughs> I'm not surprised he has buttons. to go. Well, he can watch the, uh, you know, he the can video watch the rerun. Demand. April. Yeah. We, we can post it on his getter page. G, April, April 4th. 8th. April 8th, 2020. Oh. This would be, I believe, show six or seven. Something like that, yeah. Of us on Real America's Voice. G, roll it. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Wow. He's got off the phone with the Zen Master. So, <laughs> oh, is that checking that in happened? on the red phone. Only this is only. Good night, everybody. I'm fired. They've, no. they've fired. <laughs> this is only a line he can get to. So he says that. Um, well, he says that it's. It, this is just unbelievable. He just says that it could. It could end up being that there's actually people watching on Pluto who actually might <laughs> like this show. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just don't. He says he thinks it could be up to three people at this awesome. already. Well, my mom. Is watching. Yeah, that's one. So my that's mom, dad, that's three. My that's three. We oh, have so to he, we have to watch it in the control room just yeah. to make sure it's good. So that's one. <laughs> we gotta be up yeah, to we have to make sure we're on the we air. We gotta be up to at least. Now we're up to six. Right behind Fran. We're up to six. Harry so might he, be watching. So he's probably off. Harry, he's probably <laughs> off by at least oh, half. Harry. Well, we know cousin Roger's watching because he's texting me. He's loving the gun pieces. So talking about being armed. Hello. 
Let me, let me, oh, let me give you a little good. piece of advice. <laughs> Don't proof. show up. Okay. <laughs> proof. So. Wow. You know that was a long time ago because Paul was wearing a jacket. He was still <laughs> He was still like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be on TV. Let me uh, make uh, sure I dress up for this event. Hey, yeah. The Merv Griffin look. <laughs> oh, man. It's good to see, uh, good to see Sabrina in yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Sabrina. Sabrina's yeah. in there. Well, Slick Rick, you were looking. Uh, had the tie on. You know, looking, looking good as always. Loosened up. April uh, 8th, 2020. Hmm. Man. And that phone has not moved since that day. You still have the same sweatshirt, don't you? So, probably. I think you do. Anyways, uh, what were we doing before that, G? I'm sorry, I got off track <laughs> there. I didn't want to do that. I just, oof. Um, what, 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 what were we doing? Mansion. Oh, so I was doing the Iran story. So, I mean, we are talking about how New York might blow up and yeah, yeah, the Iran, bombs. yeah, exactly. So Biden, let, let's <laughs> let's just slow it down on the Biden's uh, really got his. Uh, Hey, real quick, Ed Henry is uh, calling this a deep fake. He thinks this is faked. Okay. He said, he said they did the same thing with the moon landing. He saw it on Discovery. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a very good point. Maybe he could start his own Durham investigation if he wants to. If he doesn't think it's real, that's fine. I, we got. By the way, that's 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 just clip. That's just number one. I, Ooh. I, when you come, you know, you have to. If you're going to come to fight, you have to come. You know, yeah. it's you know how the, whatever the saying is, you have to. Don't bring a. Uh, Whatever to a whatever. Yeah. That's right. At some point, you know, I'm going to have to just push back. So, um, all right. Uh, Joe Manchin, let's start. He made the rounds lying his weasel ass off all weekend. I mean, just chameleoning himself, if that's a word, wherever he can, wherever he can. Literally every second, he, he's, it's like he's wearing a different skin. If he's talking to Chuck Todd, it's one thing. He goes out and gets questioned by the press. All of a sudden, he's like totally different. Then he goes to face the nation, and he's like totally different, this guy. I've been telling you about this guy for as long. I, I know sometimes he seems like the only sensible Democrat he makes. I mean, compared to them, okay, he looks like a little more. But he, he's no moderate, folks. He's no moderate. And uh, he's proving that right now because he's gone against himself here to get to this bill on about 9,000 things he said in the last two years about when we should raise taxes, when we should not raise taxes, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. So, I mean, this guy's... Let's start with cut seven on his decision to all of a sudden support this bill. Roll that. Two weeks ago, you said you were adamant. You needed to see the July inflation Even numbers Chuck Dodd's before not you were ready yeah. to talk about this uh, bigger budget bill with the Democrats called reconciliation. And then abruptly... You didn't need to see oh. those inflation numbers. What changed your mind? It wasn't abruptly, Chuck. We've been working and negotiating off and on very quietly because I didn't know if it would ever come to fruition. I didn't want to go through the drama that oh, eight months yeah. ago that we went see, through. You can so see already with this guy. So this, this is the thing. There's always something else to point to, someone else to point to, something else to blame, someone else to blame. Oh, it's, but it's never me. We were negotiating for five months, Chuck. I was just keeping it quiet because I didn't know which way the wind was going to blow. So, oh, yeah, now I'm for this. That's this guy. Go ahead. We negotiated, got close, and then it fell apart and this and that. Never could get there on the Build Back Better. It just was too much, and I never could get there. On this one here, we started in April and kept working and working and working and back and forth. And all of a sudden, inflation went from 6 to 8.1 to 9.1. And I said, hey... Chuck, listen, we better wait and let's see what's coming in July. Numbers come in in August before we do anything more. And that was the point of where we had been talking and negotiating. 
And that's when Chuck got upset with me, and I understand that. And he says, oh, here we go again, and everything. I said, no, Chuck. I said, I'm just being very cautious. I'm not going to be responsible for inflaming the uh, inflation rates. I'm just not going to do it. So then we got a hot weekend. We all cooled off a little right. bit and talked on Monday. And I said, Chuck, I've never walked away. We're still working on it. And he says, well, okay, let's no, do let's it. Let's stop. And now I just said, well, think about what he said so far. Oh, Chuck, I haven't walked away. Meanwhile, he says he was waiting for the inflation print. The inflation print was the worst one we've ever had. So he hasn't walked away after the worst inflation print we've had? That's what we're supposed to believe now? So that didn't influence him at all, 9.1. So before that build back better, we were what? Fours, threes, maybe just starting to, it was, it was all transitory back then. But he was worried then. And fine, at least we didn't spend $6 trillion more. But he was worried then. He's worried now. He wanted to see the print. The print came in the hottest ever. And he tells Chuck, I haven't gone anywhere. Chameleon, this guy. Go ahead. I start talking. So to Chuck's credit, our staffs kept talking. We didn't know if we were going to get there or not. Yeah. But the f bottom line was, is we reduced it and scrubbed it clear down to 739. Nothing oh. inflammatory in that piece of legislation. The initial uh, criticism of this bill from Republicans is, uh, in some ways, to some people, a predictable response, which is simply this. You should not increase any taxes during a time of recession. Why is now the right time to hit certain businesses with a tax hike? First of all, Chuck, I agree with my Republican friends. We should not increase taxes, and we did not increase taxes. Okay, stop it. So now, now he's just going to go into lie, full lying mode. All right, more to do. Live from Studio 6 p.m. on a Monday. Sports news, more mansion. Jean-Pierre, John Kirby. Really an unbelievable statement from him today. Thirteen to the hour, live from Studio 6P on a Monday night, getting the week started, CPAC week, big week here on Real America's Voice. Just set it on Real America's Voice and just leave it there all week and have it on in the background and put on your Roku, put on your Samsung TV Plus and put on your, well, Apple TV or some. Just have a have like four TVs with it on every different platform and then have Getter up on your computer and you're ready to go. Uh, CPAC coverage, I believe, starts on Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Ed Henry and Karen Turk on the ground. Nobody does it better than the two of them. They'll be doing all the coverage. And then the rally on Friday night. And Ed has a special, I believe, even on Thursday night, right before us, 7 to 8, about the board, Biden's border disaster and who really um, – who, um, who has the most to lose on Biden's border disaster. That's Thursday night at 7, right before us coming up. So big week here on RAV. Just keep it locked in basically all week. It's appointment television the whole the whole week and weekend. So uh, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by MyPillow, our friend Mike Lindell. Appreciate everybody's support over there at Mike Lindell in MyPillow, whether it's pillows, mattress top, or someone text me, said they ordered something for their dog, a dog pill, a dog bed. Oh man, they said it was. They said they just got it, and it's fantastic. Nice. 
So you got great stuff for your pets over there, too. And then, of course, over in my store, you get the old coffee. My coffee. Yeah, I got to try that coffee. Get the beans or grinds and do it the real way. Hot water over the little, you know, put the thing in, and put the grinds in, water over it. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? All right, Big D. Well, we touched on this in the first uh, sports segment, but Cleveland Browns QB Deshaun Watson suspended six games for violating NFL's personal conduct policy. This is Jake Trotter. Violating it. Yeah, only 30 times. (laughs) Unbelievable. Deshaun Watson will serve a six-game suspension without pay, but will not be fined for violating the league's personal conduct policy following accusations of sexual misconduct. How about six games per violation? How about that? So like uh, six times 30 is 180 games. Yeah, How about be, that? That'd be a career for sure. Uh, anyway, disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson ruled earlier today. Uh, Robinson issued her ruling in a comprehensive 15-page report. She wrote that the NFL recommended Watson be suspended for the entire 2022 regular season and postseason. Uh, the NFL Players Association or the league has until Thursday at 9 a.m. to file a written appeal of Robinson's ruling. However, they said that they are going to go along with it, uh, his camp because they felt that uh, although it was a little bit high, uh, they're going to stick with it. Yeah, of course they're going to stick with it. Watson is eligible to return for the Browns' October 23rd game at Baltimore. Sources told uh, quarter, the quarterback uh, ESPN's uh, Diana Rossini that they believed six games is too much, but they uh, respect the decision, like I said earlier, which is just unbelievable. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. That's awfully crazy, though. Uh, but moving over to some good stuff, NASCAR. Tyler Reddick closes memorable month with NASCAR Cup Series overtime victory at Indianapolis. AP report. Indianapolis, Tyler Reddick this month over he grabbed his first cup career victory, qualified for NASCAR's playoffs, and signed a big contract with a new team. Now he's got a victory at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Reddick closed the best month of his career with an overtime win yesterday on the road course at Indy to give him two victories in the past five cup races. Man, is hot. Reddick broke through for his first regular career victory on July 3rd at Road America in Wisconsin, then announced nine days later he was leaving Richard Childress Racing uh, to uh, drive for 23XL, the team owned by Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. Win number two seemed to be Easily within reach, Reddick was comfortably out front for 15 late laps uh, when debris from Christopher Bell's car bought out the fourth caution uh, uh, race flag with only six to go. It set up a restart with three laps remaining, and Reddick lined up alongside road course ace Chase Elliott, who briefly got past Reddick for the lead until he was spun for another caution that sent the race into OT. Reddick on the next restart had to hold off defending race winner A.J. Almendinger, who also won Saturday in the Xfinity race. So anyway, great, great win uh, for Reddick uh, in NASCAR. So he's moving on. And Tony Fee. Now, Damon's favorite wins Rocket Mortgage <laughs> Classic for second straight PGA Tour victory. Even Delgado was tweeting me this, uh, getting me. To, he was texting me, I think, this morning. AP report from Detroit. 7 a.m., by the way. What, what, I'm thinking, what is this guy? What are you crazy? He's having lunch at that point. The 7 a.m. He's sending texts on my phone. Oh, you guys aren't up yet? Ding, 7 a.m. Sleeping. Made his, that made his You're morning. You're drinking your My Coffee, getting ready for Ed and, and, and Karen? No. Right at 8 on the dot, I get up and run to the computer. There you go. Seven o'clock. What are you nuts? Well, Finau ran away with the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And, I, and that's the message. <laughs> oh, the Detroit Golf Club, Big D, to become the first player in three years to win consecutive PGA Tour events in the regular season. He closed with a five under 67 for a five shot victory and tournament record 26 under, 262 total. Boy, that meant boys. You gave up on him. You gave up on him, Big D. I'm not betting him, him again. Man, he was unbelievable. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to bet him next week. He's going to shoot 91 on opening day on Thursday. <laughs> oh, look at G coming up with the token. You know, Gio. Unbelievable. Anyway, I took enough time for sports. Let me, give, I don't know. Let, me, let me throw it back to you. That 35 grand, we're going to address that come September. Don't worry. We got football coming up, Big D. 
You see what you do, Gio? Because you put it up. He has no, no one remembered. Oh, God. All right, let's do the news and hear what that's. Rick Delgado, what's uh, going on? Well, Tony Fina. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wisconsin clerks have now referred 10 new voter fraud cases uh, for, from the 2020 election. This coming from Just the News. 10 criminal voter fraud referrals related to the 2020 election have been made over the past year by local clerks, according to the Wisconsin Election Commission report. That brings a total number of voter fraud referrals for the 2020 election up to 22. In the most recent report, however, several referrals were for multiple elections, meaning that the total number may be even higher. Some cases referred to DAs involved the person voting in person and absentee by mail. Others involved voting in two different states, voter impersonation. Voting twice, of course, is against the law in Wisconsin, regardless of intent. The report also showed 73 criminal voter fraud referrals were made in 2021 and 2022 for multiple elections as well. Most referrals, surprisingly, came from Milwaukee and Brown counties, two of the top five most populous counties, I should say, really unsurprising. State officials, including many GOP-run states, have said that they have not found evidence of widespread fraud in November 2020 election that could have altered the outcome. However, several states acknowledge serious irregularities or unlawful changes to election rules occurred in 2020. And something to keep in mind as we move towards the election, the midterms in October, the Supreme Court is going to be... Uh, ruling on a case on who actually makes, you know, voter, um, you know, the voter laws in the states. Um, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. That'll be out in October, I believe. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, what else do we got going on? Well, there's actually um, an interesting story that I noticed that I thought I'd bring your attention. It has to do with somebody you may have heard of. His name is Hunter Biden. Uh, I don't know if you, you're, you're familiar with him, but it turns out just the other day it was revealed his business partner actually called Joe Biden the big guy in a panicked message after the New York, uh, New York Post story broke about the laptop. Uh, one of Hunter's former business partners referred to Joe as the big guy in a panicked text message to the president's son. The Post had learned James Gillar, a former British uh, Special Forces officer, uh, is the one who sent the message um, referring to, of course, the story that broke, the post-exclusive story that broke on October 14th about the laptop. In the message, Gilear refer, uh, reassured the person that the revelations about Biden's apparent um, involvement would not be a problem and uh, tried to assure the person that this would not be an issue once the elections were over. So we'll have to see how that works out. Again, this is this is something that was found in a text message that was recently recovered. So we'll find out more as it starts to uh, as it starts to unwind because they thought, regardless of the 2020 presidential election outcome, Gillard said that Hunter or Joe's campaign would try to make it. Oh, we were never involved, and try to or try to make them collateral damage. Uh, he also says, "I don't see how this would work for them." Gillard responded. Um, a lot of different pieces here coming together. And again, they refer to Tony Bobolinsky, who publicly declared October 2020 that the big guy was a direct reference to President Joe Biden. So. All right, more news and sports coming up. We'll get some of the responses to the picture I posted today on social media and asked you for your best quotes. 
of the president and Tucker Carlson. We'll get to that. Lots to do in hour two coming up. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. It is a Monday night. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Damon just went off to make himself some coffee. Slick Rick is here. He's going to have some more sports throughout the uh, entirety of the show, of course. And we've got some more news to kick things off. Uh, something that should scare you just a little bit as, the, as we look towards this dystopian future, as it's just been reported. Check this out. New Jersey police are using DNA collected from every baby born in the state. Yeah. Coming out of uh, 1010 Winds out of New York, New Jersey police use blood samples taken from babies to investigate crimes of family members, according to a lawsuit filed by the New Jersey Office of Public Defender and the New Jersey Monitor. A state-run testing lab compiled with a New Jersey State Police subpoena for a child's blood sample, which authorities used to link a child's father to a crime committed more than 25 years ago. The police were able to access this information without a warrant, and the lawsuit suggests and could constitute an unconstitutional search. All babies born in the state of New Jersey are required to have a blood sample drawn within 48 hours as part of a mandatory test for genetic disorders. These samples are processed in a state-run lab and retained by the New Jersey Department of Health for over 20 years. That seems to be a problem. If people are able to successfully subpoena this information, then every baby in the state of New Jersey is effectively being entered into a DNA database that can be used to surveil them and their families for decades to come. This is uh, out of New Jersey. And it's kind of scary that the New Jersey State Police are just going about, you know, grabbing this this uh, DNA information and using it to try and, uh, and I get it, you know, you want to make sure that people pay the price for their crimes, but you can't be committing a crime to do it. DNA holds our most sensitive personal information, wrote the ACLU in a statement, allowing the government to access samples with such sensitive information for reasons other than public health would seriously threaten our privacy, particularly given that our DNA reveals such information not only about us, but also our family members. Seems to be a lot of this going on. Wasn't, didn't I just see a video of some police uh, showing up at some guy's house in Jersey to check on his guns? Yeah. A couple weeks ago? There was that we saw. And, uh, you know, another uh, some pre-crime, I think, in the U.K. where they showed up at a guy's house because he wrote something that they deemed it could make some people hysterical. So this is, uh, this is that whole police state that we've been warned about, you know, 1984 all over again. Yeah. Um, I posted this picture on social media today, and I um, said, what do you think Trump just said? No wrong answers. <laughs> Go. Best answers get read on the show tonight. So just to start out here, a couple. Stephanie said, Trump said, I swapped Joey's COVID test with a dementia test. That's why he tested positive again. <laughs> so that was, a, I thought that was a good one. Um, 
Jules Pam said, hey, Tucker, do you think you could be Kamala in 2024? And then Fred7788 said, Trump and Tucker reacting to the LFS6B guys saying they're going to have a golf outing <laughs> with Ed Henry and Zen Jr. I think that's your winner. So, so far, so far, I think that's the winner. So there's a, there's a few early ones on, uh, on that. So we'll get back to that with a couple more. So, um, so we were talking about Lion Joe Manchin. And that's exactly what he did all weekend on all these Sunday shows. As he's saying, it's not inflationary. It's not raising taxes. And he just kept repeating this over and over and over again. Of course, there's video of Joe Manchin saying you shouldn't be raising taxes in a time of um, inflation. This was back in 2010. I played for you here on the show last week. And um, there's an article today in Americans for Tax Reform. Five tax hikes in the Democratic Reconciliation Bill. And Joe Manchin knows that these are in there. And he just doesn't want you to know that they're in there. Number one, 15% corporate minimum tax, which he's actually he acknowledges. And then tries to, I guess, get by with somehow it's not a tax hike. And um, maybe Joe Manchin has never spent any time in the, public, in the, <clears throat> in the private sector either. But I would, I would have figured, and maybe wrongly, that he would have had somewhat of a better idea of how these corporations work. And this whole notion that they pay no tax is such a crock of crap. And now he's repeating it. Again, chameleon. He just, he just changes what he believes, what he sounds, what he, what, he, what he says to meet the moment. Like most Democrats, by the way. He's like most Democrats. That's what I've told you for years. He's not a moderate. He finds these moments of, um, you know, sanity where most of them don't. And then people hang on those and say, oh, Joe Manchin, the moderate from West Virginia. No, no. Right. They're finally coming around. Right. 15% corporate minimum tax, $313 billion. Democrats are pushing a 15% corporate alternative minimum tax on the financial statement income of American businesses. And as I've told you a thousand times. There's no small private business in this country that's motivated by government in any way, shape, or form. They're not motivated by government. They're not motivated by higher taxes. They're not motivated, motivated by higher regulation. They are motivated by capitalism. They are motivated by lower taxes. They want to spend and hire and grow the economy under that. Not under higher taxes, higher regulation, more government, limiting upward mobility, trying to get you, get you, get you at every damn turn. They don't have any interest in that, most of them. And right now, those who do business outside of the U.S. are also having to deal with a, a DXY dollar that's stronger than we've seen in a long, long time, which makes it impossible to do business overseas when it comes to debt and when it comes to all other kinds of corporate structure things. Well, you know what's crazy, too, about the whole, you know, again, they go after, you know, we're going to get them to pay their fair share of the whole corporate, you know, you know, these companies, they didn't pay any taxes last year. Yeah, that's because you allowed them to. You gave them certain holidays and, and uh, you know, loopholes or, or, or little, uh, you know, carve-outs so they could take advantage, so they could make these tax advantage moves to save themselves money. And then you turn around and you slam them for it. Meanwhile, you guys created the environment to let them take advantage of, you know, 
deferring taxes, maybe not paying certain taxes, rewriting things, writing things off down the road, but you're going to sit there and use that against them. It's the same it's the same it's tax advantages that they use when they do their own taxes. Yeah. It's the same ones that Joe Biden does when he sets up his corporate S corps in Delaware. No state income tax. You're setting that's why people set up corporations in Delaware, in Wyoming, in Nevada. No state in Florida. No state income tax. You can't demonize people for it. They're following the rules. Yeah. So this whole idea that these big corporations exploit the American people and exploit to pay zero in taxes is just nonsense. They pay all kinds of tax, these corporations. They pay all kinds of tax. In reality, businesses utilize legal tax deductions that Congress intended for them to take in order to foster growth, investment, and job creation. While Democrats claim they're only targeting a large profitable corporations, the cost of these tax increases will be borne, listen, by working families in the form of higher prices, fewer jobs, and lower wages. That's a fact. Number two, 95% tax on prescription drugs to force the price controls, $288 billion. Democrats would impose a 95% excise tax on prescription drugs unless drug manufacturers accept government-set prices. In reality, all drug manufacturers would accept the price controls or stop selling drugs in the U.S. market entirely rather than pay the 95% tax. Revenue would be generated from Medicare savings from reduced prescription drug costs, yet these savings, quote-unquote, wouldn't begin until 2026, fueling concerns that budget... Budget gimmicks are allowing Democrats to increase spending now for promised offsets later, which is the same thing as Build Back Better was. It's the same thing that Manchin railed about before. If I'm not mistaken, he wrote an op-ed, I believe, in the, in the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal outlining just that, budget gimmicks being used. But now he's, I guess, it's out the window. Number three, supersizing the IRS to increase audits, $124 billion. The bill would spend $80 billion beefing up the IRS. The proposal would give the IRS unlimited authority to hire 87,000 additional IRS agents to ramp up audits on small businesses and taxpayers. The IRS would perform an additional 1.2 million annual audits under this plan. Democrats claim the increased spending on enforcement would net $124 billion. Sure. Carried interest capital gains, $14 billion. While the left labels carried interest as a loophole, it is actually based on longstanding tax principles. Raising taxes on carried interest capital gains should be rejected. It is terrible tax policy that would harm economic growth, reduce jobs, and reduce the returns of public pension funds across the country. See, the problem is the Democrats don't care about harming it. That They're at war with capitalism. They don't care about, any, about harming economic growth, reducing jobs, reducing the returns. I know they'll tell you that they are, but they're not. They hate our capitalistic system. All of them have thrived under it, if, whether they're insider trading or not. Bernie Sanders, the, the most outspoken about our capitalists, he owns three homes. Elizabeth Warren's worth $100 million. 
I mean, all these people, they're at war with our system, yet they've, they, they, they live like only some of us could imagine living with wealth that only very few could ever imagine acquiring or stealing in some of their cases, in a lot of their cases. Hey, 178 grand a year gets you five homes. Nice. Senator Kristen Sinema has previously opposed increasing taxes on carried interest capital gains. Well, we'll see. She's the outlier here that we don't know about. And the final tax is the natural gas tax, $8 billion from the CBO score of the House Pass Reconciliation Bill. The legislation would impose a regressive tax on oil and gas developments based upon emission levels of methane during production, leading to higher energy bills for consumers and higher costs of everyday products. Now, Joe Manchin knows all of this. He knows all of this. He just doesn't think you know all of it. So he's out there lying about this bill, lying about what Penn Wharton said. By the way, uh, there was a time where Joe Manchin said Penn Wharton was his go-to place to see how bills were scored and what their effect would be on the economy. That was not even a year ago, I believe. When Build Back Better came out, he, he was waiting for Penn Wharton. Penn Wharton has now come out and said, basically, effectively, this bill does basically zero to reduce inflation, the Inflation Reduction Act. Zero. Almost zero. He doesn't care. Penn Wharton puts that out. He doesn't care. It was his go-to before. Now he doesn't care. So... This is Joe Manchin now. This is this weekend. So now we have to turn our attention. This is really not how this is all supposed to work. The fate of the, uh, all of these things in the hands of one or two people. So now we have to wait and see where Kristen Sinema is at. So. All right, a little more. More of your comments on the Trump-Tucker. What they could have said to each other. Is this English? LOL today. All coming up. the blues baby all right let me tell you geez, just, let me tell you about uh birch gold inflation continues to rise the value of the dollar continues to go down the president's out stumping to spend even more of your money and joe mansion's right along for the ride you got to consider your financial alternatives and uh, i don't blame you how do you protect if you even have savings anymore how do you protect it or if you're making enough to have savings, what do you do to protect it? Well, hard assets is one, one way, physical gold and silver. And the people to talk to there are our friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold are experts in precious metals. They have an A-plus rating with their Better Business Bureau. Thousands of satisfied customers. Most importantly, they'll give you options. You can buy gold coins. You can convert an existing IRA to a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA. Here's how you get started. Text the word America, send it to 989898. Get your free information gift from Birch Gold. Get you started. Got to find out your options. The only way to do that is at least text America to 989898. Get your free information kit. They'll show you how to protect your new gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. Come on now, nothing better than that. 
So get started today. Text America to 989898 and let our friends at Birch Gold Group show you how owning gold and silver could help protect your savings. All right, 18 past the hour. A couple other responses to my um, Trump and Tucker photo <laughs> that was caught. Um, Mark Klein says he was saying, uh, what do you think the Democrats' chances are in November? And that was the response he got. Um, I got one here from Maricopa Molly. Says Trump told Tucker, Ed Henry is moonlighting at the villages as a caddy. Okay. <laughs> Big Mike for Truth says Nancy forgot to pack her vodka. Uh, GLF Coast 99 said Brandon's got COVID again. <laughs> um, Dude Mom 3 says roses are red. Kamala's not black. Joe has dementia. Hunter's on crack. Okay. Brenda Freeline said he said, uh, let's go, Brandon. Tom K said, hey, Tucker, I heard Paul Ryan's thinking of bringing back Megyn Kelly. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, can I be your running mate in 2024? That's pretty good. Uh, Ginger says, hey, uh, Tucker, did you see that crazy town on LFS6B last night? There that's a go. good one. Okay, there you go. Like that one. Thanks, Ginger. <laughs> uh, Rose Buddy, Trump said, uh, have you dated AOC? <laughs> <laughs> Sam Ox said he said mine is bigger than yours. Okay, come on, Sam. <laughs> come on. Um, oh, here's one. It said, uh, guess what? Tony Finau won again. <laughs> no, that's, that's not one. <laughs> that's not You're one. making that up. And Zuckerberg said, I bet after I win the next election, ALC will want to date me. So there's a couple more. So pretty good. Uh, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, MyPillow, MyPillow.com. LFS6B is the code at checkout for anywhere between 10 to 50, 60% off. Depending on what items you put in your cart, do it today. LFS6B at checkout. What's going on, Slick Rick? Now the ladies headline the MMA UFC 277. Saturday night, Amanda Nunez gets revenge, recaptures UFC women's bantamweight title from Juliana Pena. This yeah. is Mark Raimondi of ESPN. I watched every second. Good fight. Dallas, Amanda Nunez vowed to make changes in her game. She vowed to get her belt back after shockingly losing it seven months ago to Juliana Pena. Uh, in the rematch, Nunez did exactly what she promised with a new Southpaw stance on the feet in a renewed wrestling game. Nunez defeated Pena via dominant unanimous decision 50-45, 50-44 and 50-43 in the main event of UFC 277 on Saturday night at American Airlines Center in downtown Dallas with the victory Nunez, the greatest women's fighter in MMA history, reclaimed the UFC women's bantamweight title that she lost to Pena at UFC 269 back in December. The Lioness if they don't get the prey the first time I set the trap and I know I'd get it the second time Nunez said in her post-fight interview. So Nunez is uh, yeah, she's something yeah, special. She was going to be tough to beat twice. Julian Pena really was a, a valiant effort, but uh, Amanda Nunez was way more focused, way more ready in this fight. She, I think she she was not all there in the last fight. Probably took her for granted. Didn't yep. spend the time she needed. Put in a good camp this time. Really came in and really Threw dominated. Threw her off with a southpaw stance. Put her down things. in the second First and second round, put her on the canvas probably four or five times and let her back up. <clears throat> so she really was uh, too much. Yep. And uh, PRCA, Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, Deadwood Days of 76 Rodeo, Deadwood, South Dakota, the great state of South Dakota, Days of 76 Arena, All Around Cowboy, Chet White's 3,800, Tie Down Roping and Team Roping, 
Bareback riding, Cole Franks, 88 points on Harper and Morgan Rodeos. Company's Apollo, 39.20. Steer wrestling, Tyler Waggis Pack, 3.1 seconds. Well, that's a good score. $2,690. Team roping, Shea Dixon Carroll and Evan Arnold, 4 seconds flat, 26.82. Saddle Bronc, Coburn Bradshaw, 89 points on Birch Rodeos. Lunatic from hell, must be a Pelosi uh, uh, horse, and uh, $4,900. Tie down, we had a tie, Trevor Hale and Shad Mayfield, seven and a half seconds each. Bow racing, Margot Crother, 17.35 tenths, 46.21. Steer roping, Chris Glover, 10.6 seconds. And last but definitely not least, bull riding, Tyler Bingham, 88 and a half points on Dakota Rodeos. Pookie Holla, 46.53. And Dallas Cowboys named most valuable sports franchise at $7.64 billion. Todd Archer of ESPN reporting. Jerry Jones said he would never sell the Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately. Uh, he, if he ever changed oh. his mind, Sportico had its value at 7 points. They will never win as long as there. Jerry's around. Whoa. I hate to say it. What's going on I here? I love my Cowboys, but Jerry, you know, uh, he, I, I'm way before his time Come anyway. On, I'm a fan Rick. long Don't before he Don't you like me as the only Owner. Yeah, I don't like him as the owner. He don't make good decisions, and he's all about headlines. They've four, they won four playoff games <laughs> so in 27 angry. years. Come on, Slick. <laughs> Tell me winning Just doesn't matter. I spend too much time at the strip club doesn't mean I can't coach. I know. Anyway. The Cowboys. <laughs> and they're the uh, they the most valuable sports franchise yeah. as well as NFL. They bested the Yankees by $630 million there, Rick. So, yeah, Cowboys are worth big bucks. But it just goes to show you the Cincinnati Bengals, who made it to last season's Super Bowl, are the least valued franchise at $2.84 billion. So that doesn't pay to win in the NFL, yeah, I poppers. guess. poppers. Yeah. Hot stuff, huh? Anyway, D, that's a wrap in sports. Back to you. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. Um, get her chats fired up. One more, um, one more response to the Tucker-Trump thing. Um, 45-1 says, Ed Harris has no shot beating Damon in golf. Now, Ed Harris, I believe, was in Armageddon, right? Yeah. Okay. Whoa. Was he? Was Ed Harrison? No, yes. he was in uh, Apollo he, 13. Yeah, he was in Apollo 13. Apollo 13. He was in, uh, what do you call it? The uh, Jim Carrey where he lived in a bubble movie. Yeah. I think he met Ed Henry, but he said Ed yeah. Harris. That kind of threw me off there well, for a second. Both, either Ed Harris or Ed, Ed either Henry. Either one has they're no not shot. Gonna, they're yeah, not going to Correct. Win. So. No. All right, let's do some news and hear what that is. Uh, Rick Delgado, what's going on there, Rick Delgado? All right. Well, you know, you're talking about inflation. That was a good uh, intro, inflation. David. Yeah, <laughs> Something. Kamala. <laughs> Say the same word over and over again, Rick Delgado. <laughs> well, Gen Z is having a harder time paying off their credit cards as inflation increases. Young people are starting, see, starting to see the effects of inflation on their credit card bills in Gen Z or young people under 25. So their credit card balances increased by over 30%. In the second quarter alone, compared to a year ago, according to credit score company Vantage Score, the rest of the population saw an 11% rise in their credit card balances, as per the report. And people with low credit scores under 660 also saw credit card balances increase by almost 25%, over double the percent of the rest of the population. For millennials, the data found that their credit card balances went up 22% over the past year, with inflation driving prices for commodities like gas and food. Young and low-income consumers are having a harder time paying off credit cards and all the bills because of the money they're spending, of course, on the necessities. During the pandemic, consumers had a cushion from stimulus checks and savings and a pause on student loan repayments that helped them pay down their debt. Vantage Score said the uh, percentage of credit card loans 30 days past due is still below where it was 
but it's increasing, especially for the Gen Z and millennials. So as you can see, inflation is uh, rearing its ugly head in every aspect of your life. Sure is. All right, live from Studio 6B, more to do. Is this English LOL today all coming up? down to the midterms begins at CPAC, Texas. Join President Trump, Sean Hannity, Steve Bannon, and a packed house of conservative all-stars. With your help, we will take back the House. We will win the Senate. A big red wave is coming. It all starts at CPAC, Texas. Fire Pelosi. Save America. And then a Republican president will return to the White House. Who, who, who will that be? The American Conservative Union is responsible for the content of this advertising. All right, live from Studio 6C, 30 minutes past the hour. So um, that's enough on Mansion Lion, but there was one clip. Which one's the one I want to play? G12, right? 14. Same. Okay. Uh, 14 is the really the interesting part of um, the interview on Meet the Press. And I, I, not that Chuck Todd pressed him, didn't press him really throughout the interview. He kind of threw him a couple good follow-ups as far as at least challenging Manchin as far as what Manchin has said in the past. But then we got to this, and this is probably the, the takeaway from the uh, entire interview. Roll that. What's your case for Democrats to keep control of the House and Senate this election year? I don't know. I just, if you look back through history, it makes it very difficult, especially in most uh, toxic times we've ever seen. So it's up in the air right now whether no, do the you, uh, House, right, it looks like the House. Would you say, like... Do you hope Democrats keep control of the House and Senate? I think people are sick and tired of politics, Chuck. I really do. I think they're <laughs> sick and tired of Democrats and Republicans fighting and feuding and holding pieces of legislation hostage because they didn't get what they wanted or something or someone might get credit for something. Why don't we start doing something for our country? Why don't we just say, this is good for right. America? I've always said the best politics is good government. Do something good, Chuck. But I, I'm not going to predict what's going to happen. I'm not asking you to predict. I just want to make sure we do something good. And this is what result do you <laughs> want? Do you want the Democrats to keep control of the United States Senate and the House of Representatives? Oh, I love. Uh, you know, I'm not making those choices or de decisions on that. I'm going to work with whatever I have. <laughs> I've always said that. I think the Democrats have great candidates that are running. They're good people I've worked with, and I have a tremendous amount of respect and friendship with my Republican colleagues. So I can work on either side very easily. So you don't care so don't the outcome? Have a problem you don't care about the, voters... the outcome this year of the election? Well, whatever, whatever, the voters, whatever the voters choose, I can't decide what's going to happen in Kansas or California or yeah. Texas. I really can't. I've always taken, taken the approach, whoever you send me, that's your representative, and I respect them. And I respect the state for the people they sent, and I give it my best to work with them to do the best for my country. I don't play the politics that way. I don't like it that way. I'm just, that's not who I am. There was a new third party uh, organized and announced just last week. Uh, a centrist third party, Christine Todd Whitman, Andrew Yang, uh, David Jolly. Is that something that seemed appealing to you? Based on the answers you just gave me, I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> well, 
I'm starting to wonder when we're going to start worrying about our country more than we do about our political parties. That's what scares me. I think that we all have to come back to what our purpose of being in Washington for and who we're really working for. We're not working for any party. We're not working for any political idealism. We're working for basically right now a very challenging world that we're in. We've got what's going on in Europe right now, geopolitical unrest, and now we have threats from China to Taiwan and all this going on. And here we are bickering over uh, political outcomes and who's going to be in charge of what. Uh, right now, let's take care. The American people are hurting. Right. Inflation, Chuck, is killing them. It is killing them. Okay? Senator let's Joe make Manchin. Sure we take care of that. <laughs> if you walked onto a used car sales lot and he greeted you, you wouldn't think anything of it. He could make the case for the Mercedes and the BMW and the Chevy or the Ford. He could make a case for any one of them. Yeah. He just wants to put you in the right car that's right for you and your family. Yep. That's all. Yep. You, would, you <laughs> wouldn't think anything of it. If he came out there. But don't forget about the undercoating because that's real important. You get that undercoating on there, it's really going to save you a lot of money down the road, uh, you know, on the life of the car. Yeah. The rich Corinthian leather. That's right. how you feel after listening to him. It's like you either want to take a shower or buy a car from him. I don't know which, but it's one of the two. Uh, cut 12, G. This is the this is the old dreaded question that nobody wants if, the, if you're in the Democratic Party, whether you're Tim Ryan, whether you're Stacey Abrams, or whether you're Joe Manchin. Roll that. There's been a story after story about Democrats expressing concern or flat out saying that President Biden should not run for re-election in 2024. <laughs> Do you think he will? I can't predict 2024. I truly can't, and I don't think we should. Would you support that's him what if he everyone did? Everyone is so upset about. Let me just say this: that's what everyone is so 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 upset about. <laughs> Everything that we do here is calculated on the 2022 election, 2024 election. I'm not going to get into that. Whoever they send me, and if I'm still here, I work with whoever, whether it's a president, President Biden, or a new president, whoever it may be. I'm not going to make those decisions, and I'm just going to fight yeah. like the Dickens to make sure. sure this piece of legislation gives us relief and fights inflation, and it's great for America. Well, it's that's not doing any care of that. about right now. Would you support him if he did run in 24? I'm not going to get into the 2024 okay. election. All right. Well, I how about this? Have you talked to I'm your donors? This okay. right here, bro. There you go. So there's another ringing, another ringing endorsement. He's really decisive. Yeah, another ringing endorsement for Joe from the uh, quickly becoming used car salesman of the Democratic Party, Joe Manchin. Well, I got a Chevy over here you might like, too. Don't worry about that Ford. I got a Chevy over here you might like, too. So, I don't know. That's amazing. All right, G. Um, and the funny thing is they're all doing it. None of these people will say they're, they're going to support Biden. Well, I mean, how, how, I mean, realistically, <clears throat> how, how can you? I mean, then on the other hand, some people would say, what's the difference? You're running against his, you're going to run on his legacy no matter what. Yeah. Unless you outwardly come, I mean, there's nobody who's on the record as voting against anything. They're well, all drones when it comes to all this. None of them stand on their own two feet or ag have any courage or the convictions, or they all support this because they all believe it too. So either way, what's the difference? Or maybe they know that, you know what, I know he's not long for this world. I'm not going to talk about the future because we, we can see what's coming. Maybe they know something we don't, as usual. We should ask Paul Pelosi. He knows something. Uh, let's do the LOL of the day, G. Speaking of Pelosi, it's a good lead-in. Uh, LOL of the day, why Pelosi loves the chips bill. Roll that. Uh, 
uh, it's called the Chips and Science Act, and I'm very pleased with that because maybe more than a, a week or 10 days ago, it was just the Chips Bill, and we ha were having, a, shall we say, um, encouraging to, for it to go beyond chips because chips are very important. Semiconductors are very important, but it's about the here and now as we go forward in the near future. The science part is about the future of the future, the future, and uh, science, science, and science, research, education, <laughs> well, expanding <laughs> the, uh, the diversity and inclusion of many more people, uh, making scientific decisions and learning about it and teaching us about it, as well as doing so in every corner of the country. That's yeah, her favorite ice cream, the chips. Yes, I love it. The chips and salsa bill. The chips and science <laughs> salsa bill. I like chocolate chips. I like pizza um, chips. Well, you said during that what? Does she sounds like Kamala? <laughs> no, I think I think, think Kamala wrote a speech. <laughs> Is this English, G? The urgency of now. Roll it. I know that while we send our prayers and our love. We also, with each day, renew our commitment to the urgency of now oh. and the ability that we have collectively, sure. all of us in it together, yeah. to do something about it. Okay. You know, public speaking is very difficult. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Wow. Yes, it is. No, no truer words spoken. Yes. So many words, yet such little said. It's just a rambling, non-ending collection of words. Just things that, you know, just come together and such as well as therefore then do maybe. Like, do you like urgency of now? Right. How's that ring? Does that sound good? How many times should I say it? Yeah, put it in. How many times should I say it? <laughs> the urgency of now. I'm getting those shirts made up. The urgency of now. Oh, by the way, the new uh, two, two, two plus two is five shirts available, 6bshirts.com. Paul Nolan will be the, pretty much his idea, so he'll be the first one to have one. Two plus two equals five, and then a couple other things on there, 6bshirts.com. I think Parker's getting one too, right? Um, well, no, he's not getting anything now no. that he's chosen sides, so <laughs> oh, nothing. Um, anything else, G, in the clips that's worth getting to? Biden has COVID again? Again. I thought he was negative. He's positive? He's negative? He's positive? <laughs> negative, positive, positive, negative. Cut one. Roll it. Dr. Connor said today that the president's feeling fine, um, but he didn't mention symptoms. Can you clarify on whether he's even experiencing any minor symptoms, congestion, where are we on that? So he is not experiencing, Gee. we haven't seen any reoccurring symptoms. That was a... Let's go uh, cut two. <laughs> well, that. Is it possible that the president, in his understandable desire to show that he was able to work through his first bout of COVID, pushed himself too hard, and that is partially what led to this coming again. I mean, any body, be it 79 or 46, has to rest when you get this. No. Uh, just to answer that very... Um, so look... Okay. Let's go cut three. That's the best she's ever sounded. Yeah. That's the only way to make her sound good. That's yeah. my new strategy. Yeah. This is the um, probably the soundbite of the day. Cut three, John Kirby today. Roll that. In terms of the... Um, the speaker's 
agenda and her motivation for going, which does seem to be different than the president's set of issues, since he has said publicly the military doesn't think it's a good idea. He has not come out and given a fulsome support for uh, this trip if it happens. Um, what is your sense about her advocacy for democracy, for self-rule uh, in Taipei if she were to go there, and the impact of that if she were to make that kind of a statement, long-held views on the part of the speaker, and how that might have an impact? Well, the speaker can speak for herself, uh, and uh, whatever she wants to say on this trip is really her prerogative. That's why it was so important for me in my opening comments, Kelly, to make clear what this administration's policy is with respect to the One China principle, oh, sorry, One China policy, um, as well as um, as not wanting to see cross-strait uh, tensions uh, resolved by any than other than peaceful means, and the fact that we don't support Taiwan independence. It was important for me to lay that down right at the outset. That's our policy. That's this administration's approach. I can't speak for what Speaker Pelosi may do or say on this trip. We do so not support we don't? Taiwan independence. Huh. That's um that's weird. That's a whopper of a statement from this administration in a full cave to China, I guess is the only, I don't know how else you interpret that. So they don't want an independent China, they want one that's uh, dependent on the the communist Chinese government, I guess. Or actually they want it absorbed. Reabsorbed by the Chinese uh, Communist Party. That's the way it sounds. They don't I mean, support their independence. They what? They don't support their independence, so just yeah, push I mean, them right back in there. That's just, what that's what John that's Kirby what just basically just said. Now just think about that statement at a time where the the number three in charge is about to about to supposedly about to land there. Maybe she's going there to give them the bad news that he just gave them. And there's plenty of reasons for the speaker to go there, by the way. If anything, for just the opposite reason of what Kirby just said, just to tell China, listen, we're not going to put up on any nonsense here. And we're going to come to their defense. Because we support their, well, that's off the table now. Yep. A little more on this when we get back. It's really a stunning statement. All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B. See President Trump's endorsement in Missouri? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, Eric. Oh, man. If I'm either Eric, son? I don't know what to think. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't know what I think to think he supports about his son. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, is Eric Trump around? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Also, that was one I did not have on my radar. No. By the way, somebody on Twitter did because I saw his tweet from yesterday saying, the thing for Trump to do would only endorse Eric and let the people decide. And today he said, oh, I knew I should have bought a lottery ticket. So he was on it. But that's... That's uh, that's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. I don't know if that's top troll or if that's just uh, what he's doing there. And maybe that's what he said to Tucker. Yeah, maybe I'm that's what he said to say, Tucker. I'm Watch what I do Eric. in the Missouri. Watch what I do in this endorsement. I'm going to endorse Eric. <laughs> Okay. 
All right, let's do some news and hear what that's. Uh, Rick Delgado, what's going on? Uh, news is brought to you by Seven Cells. All right. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, keeping yourself healthy, of course, uh, everybody's favorite doctor, Doctor Fauci, quack quack, is ramping up his COVID fear mongering. And now that we're getting closer to the midterms, after destroying millions of lives, Fauci is now complaining on about online misinformation and how Americans won't adhere to his COVID rules. Fauci also said Americans should be wearing masks indoors. This is a quote from him that he said earlier today. The anti-facts type feeling among some superimposed upon the political divisiveness we have in this country and social media misinformation and disinformation is very difficult to get people to adhere to common sense public health measures. He said this earlier today. And of course, maybe this is what he's talking about when he talks about mis and disinformation being out there online. G go. You. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. Oh. And so she should if not she get re- it? If she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she year. doesn't need it because the, it, it's, the be- it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. So there you have it. After he's flip-flopped on mask wearing several times throughout the pandemic, uh, of course, and now he's he's vouching for them once again. And he said last week that he thought, uh, you know, in hindsight, the restrictions should have been more stringent once COVID started. So that coming from Dr. Falfau. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Uh, one more thing here for news. Uh, remember that story I told you about? Uh, I did a what even is that about, uh, you know, Google inventing this sentient AI chatbot, which can now have its own feelings. Well, the engineer who outed Google, the former, I should say, former Google engineer, Blake Lamone, has ruffled more feathers in the tech world uh, by revealing something else he said he told insider in a previous interview he's not interested in convincing the public that the bot known as LAMDA uh, for language model for dialogue application is sentient but it's about the bots apparent biases from racial to religious he says that that this could be a headlining concern um, he said when prodded the bot said let's go get some fried chicken and waffles he did an impression of a black man from Georgia, according to Lamone. The Muslims are more violent than Christians, the bot responded when asked about different religious groups. And Lamone, of course, after this came out, was placed on paid leave after he handed over documents to an unnamed U.S. senator claiming that the bot was discriminatory on the basis of religion. Of course, he has since been fired. And the former engineer believes that the bot is Google's most powerful technological creation yet and that the tech behemoth has been unethical in its development so keep an eye on that as uh, you know we move closer to uh destroying ourselves okay. and that's news all right very good let's do some sports before we wrap it up uh, what's going on slick rick all right well black boot has a comment on getter about the uh, trump tucker uh, picture and what he said was uh ever think that uh, big d's gonna play slick rick <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. That was uh, Tucker laughing. I like Tucker's laugh then under that circumstance even better. Black boot. Our friend uh, Michael Curtis sent in his response. He said, um, "Can we? maybe we could fire up Michael Curtis's song here to go out with, friend. He said, tell Big D, I Trump told Tucker, you think Biden and Harris will show up at my next inauguration? Well, 
I don't know. We'll see. All right, what's going on in sports, Slick Rick? A couple of quick MLB scores. Uh, Mets over the Nationals, 7-3, top of the eighth. Yankees over the Mariners, 6-2, bottom eighth. Diamondbacks and Guardians locked up at four, top of the eighth. Tigers lead the Twins, 2-zip, bottom of the eighth. Red Sox over the Astros, 3-2, end of the fifth. Orioles, 6-zip over the Rangers. That's also in the fifth. Royals, White Sox, Royals up 2-zip, bottom sixth. Rockies and Padres, no score. Dodgers and Giants, no score. And what do you know? The Reds have won three in a row. My Reds, 3-1 over the Marlins tonight. That was a big win, so they were on a roll. So what's their record? Three and what? Yeah, three and 57. <laughs> and uh, determined Henrik Stenson, extremely proud after winning Live Golf Invitational in New Jersey. AP yeah. Report. It's got Bedminster, four million reasons to be happy. Four million dollars, not to mention a $50 million sign-on bonus. Big, mm-hmm. big, big money for Stenson, who's not a huge, huge name in golf. He's a good player. What? But- He's, he's okay. He's a huge name in golf, pal. Not, 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 not one of the big he's, ones. That, yeah, he's not Tony Fino. He's not Tony Fino. He's a Fino. huge name in golf. He, was, he won the FedEx uh, Cup. Uh, I mean, he was he was almost unbeatable about three, four years ago. Stenson, five years removed from beating a field of more than 20 players, okay, picked so up four million. Like one year. Yeah, well, five years. Five okay. years. He's a big name. Okay. Um, and, uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, well, big big D, bad news. Jake Paul fight canceled due to flap over Haseem Rockman Jr.'s weight. <sighs> Mark Raimondi, ESPN, the scheduled August 6th boxing pay-per-view card. Headline by Jake Paul and Haseem Rockman Jr. has been canceled due to a weight issue. Apparently, Rockman is still sitting at around 215, and he was supposed to come in at 205 to meet Paul, and no can do. So, yeah, that fight's off. And uh, Tony Schumacher gets NHRA top fuel victory for first win since 2020. AP report, Kent Washington, Tony Schumacher raced to his 86th victory and first place since 2020, beating top fuel points leader Brittany Force on Sunday in the Flavor Pack NHRA Northwest Nationals at Pacific Raceways. Ooh, that's a razzle mouth worth of candy. Schumacher, 52, had a 3.977 second run at 251.34 miles an hour against Force in the final for the eighth-time season champion's fifth Seattle victory and first since 2008. Joe and Kathy Maynard won a week after becoming majority team owners. Robert Height won for the sixth time this season in the funny car. And Troy Coughlin Jr. topped the pro stock field for the first time. Height edged J.R. Todd in the final with a 3.975 at 319.98 miles an hour. And a Chevrolet Camaro with his, for his 59th victory. Coughlin beat points leader Erica Enders with a 6.638 at 208.68 in a Camaro. Those Camaros are rocking and rolling. And bloody Ric Flair wins last match in front of family. W WWE legends Ric Flair got the win via submission. Ryan Gatos of Fox <laughs> News. <laughs> Come on, you buying that big D? Not me. But anyway, he was in there with his son-in-law, no less. Good stuff. So Ric Flair performed Sunday what was billed as the last match in the industry. So good old Ric Flair, the fabulous dresser, did it. So that's it. And uh, that's a rapid sports. Styling uh, So Ed Henry has posted G. Throw this up on Getter. Oh, it's definitely getting nervous. Saw Big D's video presentation with quotes tonight of 2019-ish called to Zen Master. This is me on Halloween 2017 at a costume party reaching out to the Zen Master. <laughs> so he's clearly... Uh, nice. He just stole that off my Truth Social account. Clearly getting nervous. So One more oh. time, G. Let's see a little bit of the beginning of that clip. If you have it right there, let's just see a little bit. You know, one more time. We're on it. I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just got off the phone with the Zen master. So, oh, is that what checking that in is? on the red phone. 
Only this is only. Good night, everybody. I'm fired. They've, no. they've fired <laughs> this is only a line he can get to. So. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, G. That's all I need to see. Let's fire it up, maybe, with Michael Curtis here. Do we have it? Yeah. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active, police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody, on the show. G Friend, all of you. I grew up and playing it. We'll see you. Uh, yeah, me too, baby. We'll see you tomorrow night. 8 p.m. Steel guitar. Now, when I turn on my truck radio, I wonder where did the country all go? Those great voices that we used to hear. Singers like Jones, Vernon, and Hag disappeared. You ask the record labels, they don't seem to care or know. Hey, where?